Welcome to the M&A CornerCast, a podcast focused on the world of mergers and acquisitions. Helping inform the business owners and advisors we work with every day. I'm your host, Chuck Dallas. I have more than 10 years of experience with mergers and acquisitions, both from a corporate perspective and as an outside advisor. Welcome to our inaugural episode of M&A CornerCast. Today, we welcome Scott Bushke, the managing partner and founder of Cornerstone Business Services. Welcome, Scott. Hello, Chuck. Scott, uh, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, yes, Scott Bushke with Cornerstone Business Services, managing partner and founder. We've got three different divisions at Cornerstone. We have a sell side, which is the primary piece of our business, which is uh, helping business owners confidentially uh, maximize what's important to them and selling their companies. We have a buy side division that ex- exclusively works with companies, private equity firms, and family offices to uh, help them grow smart through acquisition. So instead of just finding the best company that's on the market and competing against you know three to four or five other buyers, you know we can help them find their ideal candidate and really get into more of a one-on-one negotiations and, and help them close that deal and get the best deal for them. And then lastly is our EOVs or, or estimates of value or business and market analysis. And what those are, are really helping uh, business owners try to understand truly what their business is worth in a very economical way. So instead of going out and getting a five or 10 or $20,000 valuation that's certified, we can do these estimates of value for around typically around $2,000. And it really helps people understand you know, realistically, what's going on in my marketplace? What could I truly sell my company for today? Not if the stars aligned and we hit the home run, but, you know, just more of a baseball analogy, kind of single double, you know, what realistically could I see out there in the marketplace? And and we do those for people who are looking to buy a company, uh, looking to sell a company, uh, looking to transition a company down to their management team or employees or son or daughter, excuse me. And then also for a lot of them to update their buy-sell insurance. So to help them make sure that they've got the proper insurance in place if, if something would happen to one of the partners. So those are the the areas that, that we cover. We're located here in Green Bay. We have offices in, in also in Iowa and uh, California, but we work all over the country. We have relationships with different accounting firms and other referral sources that uh, take us all over the country and, and sometimes internationally to uh, to work with their clients in, in the low middle market space. Perfect. Thank you very much. We look forward to uh, learning more about each one of those sectors. So Scott, 2020 was starting out fairly well with a strong economy and a solid corporate performance for most industries. And then boom, COVID-19, the pandemic hits. Now that our economy and businesses have been opened back up in a new normal, Scott, what do you see facing us in the remainder of 2020? You know, that's a good question. I get asked that uh, all the time recently here. You know, it was interesting. Back in March, I had just come back from Mexico and, and uh, was gone the 3rd to the 10th and didn't have the TV on and didn't, you know, wasn't pounded by the, you know, all the media. So I came back and everybody was, you know, I left and the economy was at all-time high, unemployment at all-time low. And uh, there was talk of COVID, but really what not much in the United States. And I came back just seven days later, it felt like all heck broke loose. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, all of a sudden, you know, we were canceling 
the NBA and and our conferences in April and May and and everything else. And it was it was a very interesting time. And, and like other times, you know, over the last two decades, you know, like a nine eleven or the Great Recession. Obviously, the M&A marketplace doesn't like surprises or uncertainties. So right. I would say the second half of March and, and most of April, if not all of April, it was just like kind of the M&A market got punched right between the eyes. You know, right. and people were stumbling back and dazed and confused and weren't sure what to do. And a lot of buyers that, you know, own their own companies were just kind of taking their own inventory and controlling their own, you know, their own uh, situation there. But surprisingly, you know, how resilient business owners are and entrepreneurs right. And also family offices and, and private equity groups out there that all of a sudden in May, you know, we really started seeing the phone start to ring again in, in June, even more so. And we've been talking about this. And what I would say, you know, going forward, it maybe explain it like the real estate market a little bit, the residential real estate market where most yeah. people can understand is in 2007 and, or 2008, eight nine, the real estate market really plunged. You know, the recession hit and markets, right. people lost a lot of money in real estate. Well, in this market, Real estate markets, the, the valleys really haven't changed much. In yeah. fact, they've gone up maybe a little bit in some in, in some areas. And the reason for that is a lot of people are pulling their houses off the market or not going to market right now because they go, oh, no one can come to my house. I'm not going to get a high value. I'm going to wait. But there's still buyers out there that want to buy. They still have money. Interest rates are extremely low. Right. So there's a lot of home buyers out there that are still bidding on houses. And, and you know, I just talked with someone the other day that house went on the market at, at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. They put an offer in at 3 o'clock on a Sunday, and they were fifth in line. <laughs> and he was above for, above list price and didn't get the offer, you know, didn't get the house. So in, in our area, too, we're still seeing the same thing. It's pretty interesting in the M&A world with businesses is that there are still buyers out there. Companies are still looking to grow. Uh, we've been called in the last 60 days by more companies and private equity firms to do a retain search where they actually are paying us to help them find a company to buy so that you know they're very interested to buy yep. more than we have you know, pre-COVID. And because of the lack of good inventory in the marketplace, I think these companies are going to market right now. We're getting so much, so much coverage or so much exposure where before they just would have been one of many out there. It's an interesting time that we, we've got one client we just went to market with two, three weeks ago. And what in two weeks, he got They've got 30 signed NDAs, which usually takes wow. us over a month to do. And already one indication of interest came in, which is surprising. But again, they're not looking at a lot of different deals. Like, oh, this is a good deal. I want to jump on this thing right now and get it because especially private equity groups, their clock is ticking. You know, they've right. got a certain time frame. They've got to, they get the money. They've got to find companies, buy companies, invest in and give it back. And because of this timing, you know, I've talked with a lot of private equity groups all over the country, and they're going, look, we're still buying companies. Yep. We're not getting on planes and seeing everything, but we are still buying companies and doing everything that we can do by Zoom or, or whatever it might be. So right. where if you would have asked me in April, should I go to market? I would have said no. Early April, in fact, we told clients, do not go to market now. There's no sense of doing that. You're not going to get a good price. But it's. I thought it would take a little bit longer, but I think it's coming back much faster than what we thought. Now, again, another wave of COVID right. could change things. Everything's, you know, it's daily, uh, you know, yep. that things are changing. But right now, as it, is, as it sits here, kind of the middle part of June, you know, it's a good time to be, be a seller out there. And and we're getting, uh, you know, and we're seeing that not only for us, but we're talking to other Cornerstone International Alliance members or other M&A firms around the country. And they're closing deals. They're getting LOIs. They're getting, they're, they're getting bidding processes. So it's, it's not definitely what it used to be, you know, back before COVID, but it's still right. surprisingly a decent time to sell the company. And what we think it's probably going to be is where 
you know, all obviously all buyers want to close, you know, get the best deal possible and, and the best structure. So they want to lower the price and, and put more earnouts out there, whatever it might be. And sellers want to get the same deal they could have got a year ago. Yep. I think what it's going to, the balance might be is that the seller is still going to get, I think, close to the same value that they were going to get. But they, the buyers might ask them to share in the risk a little bit more. So maybe a little bit more seller financing, a little more earn out, or, or maybe rolling over some equity into the new company with, with the buyer and partnering with the buyer a little bit more. But uh, still, uh, you know, still an active time to... Uh, to be a seller out there in the marketplace. Yeah, and it's great that, like you said, that the private equity groups, even the banks and credit unions, they have a lot of capitalization right now. So uh, there's money out there for people that are interested in buying the businesses. For clients and customers looking to sell their business, when should I look to engage an M&A firm? Yeah, most people you know, look at that, that they wake up one day and it's not fun anymore. They go, well, I wanna sell my company today and then they give us a call. And and then again, that's the majority. So it's not wrong technically, because that's what most people do. But really, if you could get to us, you know, one, two, three years earlier, I mean, the easy answer is the earlier, the better. Right. And it, it, you could be, hey, I'm not gonna sell for 10 years, but get a relationship with an M&A firm. You know, get a valuation every two to three years. What's going on in the marketplace? Understanding what truly buyers care about and what they put value on and what they don't put value on. So you're, you know, you've got your day job of running the business, but when you can get on top of the business and really work on the business, are you working on the most critical items to make your company more valuable or more saleable? So, you know, you look at like exit planning and most people think of that again towards the end of your life cycle, but really exit planning is just, is just good business strategy because you're doing the things to make your company more profitable and stronger and, and working without you being in the business. So you don't, the business isn't relying on you as much and things along that line. But yeah, to to meet with someone, you know, in an M&A firm a couple of years before you go to market, there's a lot of things that you can do to enhance the value of your company versus what a lot of people do is they hang on too long. And then you watch the business go down in sales and profits right. and the, the owner's burnt out. And unfortunately, buyers don't care what you did, you know, in your peak or three or four or five years ago. They care about the last 12, maybe 18 months. So you could own a company for 40 years. And if you don't understand timing and how all this works, you could hold on for just 12 months too long out of 40 years and lose 30, 40, 50% of your company, or it might not be saleable at all anymore. Right. And that's where having that relationship earlier on with the M&A advisor, you could understand what your options are, how what the timing is, you know, knowing it's a process, not just an event, uh, you know, again, like selling your house of, I'm gonna sell my house in a good market, I'll list it, 30 days later I'll have an offer and we'll close 30 days more, I hand over the keys and I drive down the road. There's a lot of, you know, it's a, a lot of times could be a year process of just going through selling and then staying on after the sale with a transition and you don't wanna do that when you're burned out already at day one. You know, you wanna have some right. gas in the tank to get through that process. As most of the owners that we work with are in that, uh, you know, probably five to $100 million revenue range and the, most of them are baby boomers so they're, they're exiting out, not to start another company in a lot of cases, but most times they're they're looking to uh, get into that retirement mode and get into the, the bucket list and what's what's next in, the, in that next chapter of their life. Yeah, it's a huge decision. For sure. But uh, you're, you're exactly right. Planning with an M&A firm, planning with your CPA to know what your tax impact, uh, even visiting with your financial advisor to know how much money do you need to retire are all critical steps for those individuals. Right, which most people don't do, which we can talk about in another segment. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. There's going to be a lot of businesses for sale that were impacted by the pandemic. I really should lean on an expert to analyze the industries and the companies. So Scott, 
Wouldn't you say this is a good time to use a buy-side advisor? I would. Uh, you know, with, with a buy-side advisor, a lot of people don't know that they exist or what the value is because they go, I'll just talk to my banker and see if they know of someone or I'll just wait to see what's on the market and then I don't have to pay a fee. But if you wait to see if something's on the market, you know, or, or for sale per se through a, through a sell side advisors like our other division, you're competing with everybody else that's looking for a business. And you're trying to say, all right, here's my ideal company I'd like to find. I guess this one is, this is the closest one out of everything else that's out there. So it's a lot of times it's not the ideal, but it's close. And now it's close, but now you're competing with three or four or five other offers. I mean, in the last three, four years, being a good seller's market on the sell side, we average about three different offers per our, our client going to market. So you're not just competing with what the seller will take, you're competing with what other strategic buyers, and if there's companies out there that are bigger than you or more strategic or synergistic, they can outpay you and you can spend a lot of time and a lot of money and then have nothing to show for it at the end of the day. But getting a buy-side representation or a buy-side M&A firm now they're gonna really help you understand, you know, do you have a good growth strategy? Do you just wanna grow for right. the sake of growth? We might tell you that that's not a good strategy. Don't do that, you know, you're gonna waste your time and money. But what is that strategy of what you're trying to do? And really vet it, make sure that it's sound. And then we've got the tools, we've got the analysts that come in and really take a look at all the different companies in your geographic, you know, by geographic markets, by industry, by size, and really narrow down to say, hey, here are 100 companies or whatever the number might be. Right. And then you review that list, make sure that, yep, these are the types of companies I'd like to buy. And then we go out and not just once, not just twice, but sometimes it's six, seven, eight, nine times, some phone, some email, some mail, you know, different ways that we know. And, and we've studied over the last 20 years kind of the psychology of the seller. So we know what he or she thinks, what turns them off, what, what gets them interested. And, yep. and some letters they just throw in the garbage. And I hear that, we hear that all the time on the buy side. You know, most letters I just throw away or phone calls I don't respond. But for some reason, I, I wanted to respond to your phone call or, or to your email or your letter and because we, we know how to kind of get through all the noise. And then the, the, the holy grail for a buyer is to get a company that fits what they're looking for, but even better is that they're the only buyer at the table. Yeah. So now it's just, I've been in a one-on-one -on -one negotiations. And when you get in a one-on-one -on -one negotiations, typically the buyer has the leverage because, hey, here's my offer. If you don't, yeah, I, I know you want to sell now, and if, or at least you're thinking about it, and if you don't sell, or you don't accept my offer, well then you're back to owning your own company where right. you can't just go to the next buyer that's sitting behind me at the table. So no, I, I think it helps you you know, really vet your strategy, helps you get a good fit, make sure you get a good fit. It takes out the other competition from the buyers out there and really gives you that advantage. And we work with you all the way through from, I think I wanna buy a company to grow my business or P private equity firm all the way through to close you know, with you all, all the way along and, and one, quick example that I can give is we worked with a company that was doing about $100, $150 million revenue company and they were looking to grow in a certain niche that they were in but not as strong as they wanted to be nationwide. And at the end of the day, we, we, have, we found three different companies that made sense. They ended up buying one of the companies and the big win for him was is that uh, we did all the negotiations on their behalf. So when this buyer got mad at someone, they did get mad at the potential partner sure. that got mad at us or, yeah. or, or frustrated or, or whatever might word you want to use. So at the, at the end of the day, his relationship was as strong, if not stronger, because he kind of came in as the white knight to say, okay, great. I know, of course, I was pushing here. Yeah, yep. I can live with this. And it was still above where he wanted to be or better than what he wanted to be. So again, if you go on your own and you do it yourself, sometimes you still can get the company, but I've seen people 
kind of win the battle but lose the war. Sure. And I've seen on the sell side, well, yeah, I'll, I guess I'll accept that price. But if he thinks I'm going to stick around for more than two months and help him, he's crazy. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I'm, he got a good deal, but I'm not right. going to help him out after the fact. We're here. This buyer you know, was excited to work with them. They're still yeah. working with them several years later, and the company did extremely well uh, with the acquisition. Excellent. Excellent. So, Scott, a question that many of our listeners would have, is there money out there if I was going to sell my business? The easy answer is yes. Some banks, you know, with COVID have definitely pulled back or definitely slowed down as far as on the debt side because, you know, number one, they're a little nervous. You know, they're kind of taking the inventory of what companies that they have, what they're going to do. They're also uh, dealing with a lot of PPP loans on both giving out and now forgiveness pretty quick here. But banks are still lending, you know, lending money to good credit. But I think when you talk about money, I, I think of equity or how much cash does a buyer have and there's still records amounts of cash out there. When you look at, again, the private equity world, the family office world, and all these companies out there that are looking to grow with strong balance sheets, there is literally records amount of capital out there right now. We just did, uh, back in February of this year, we did a, a panel with four private equity firms, and three of them had funds, and one was more of a search fund, and there's like 3,000 private equity firms around the country. Yep. But just those three firms at the table, all the money that they had combined in their different funds, was like a billion dollars. Wow. That's three firms, you know? So you think of that, that they had a billion dollars of dry powder to spend, and then you throw debt on top of that. I mean, you're looking at $2 billion of of deal money sitting out there, which is three active private equity firms from around the country. So COVID or no COVID, there's absolutely money out, out there. And again, when you talk about private equity world, their timer doesn't stop ticking in, in good or bad times. It's, it's constantly ticking. And uh, so they, they have to continue to look for deals. And we have more companies calling us right now than we did pre-COVID to say, hey, we, you know, we want to talk to you about how we could grow through acquisition because it might be a little bit tougher to, uh, to grow organically right now. Right. And also uh, they go, hey, maybe there's some sellers out there that are a little bit tired and don't want to deal with all these HR issues and, and want to sell their companies. So I think people that are really aggressive about you know, growing through acquisition or really understand it are still out there and the ones that maybe had a toe in the water but really didn't understand it, those are the ones that probably pulled back because of the uncertainties. But yeah, there's still quite a bit of money sitting out there. Yeah, great, great. Well, Scott, 2020 is going to be an interesting year. Interesting, it will be unprecedented as used all the time, but yes, (laughs) interesting will be. We started out strong. We basically went on a pause button for 45 days, so, you know, late March and April, and now things are slowly opening up here, June, you know, May, June, and we'll, we'll see what the second half of the year uh, brings. See what the new normal brings for Cornerstone, correct? That's right. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Scott. We're looking forward to visiting with you in some other episodes. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the M&A Cornercast. Hopefully we gave you some insight into the world of mergers and acquisitions. We'll see you back again next Thursday with a brand new episode. 